I want to introduce you to a man in the Bible who's brand new to you. You've never met him before. You've probably never noticed him before. I would tell you his name, but I don't know it. Now, I don't know it because the Bible doesn't tell us what his name is. Paul simply refers to this guy as a brother. Look at chapter 8, verse 18. We have sent with him, and the, the him there is Titus. We have sent with him the brother. Look at verse 22. We have sent with them our brother. And if you were to go over to chapter 12 and verse 18, once again, he says, I desired Titus, and with him I sent a brother. Three times Paul refers to this guy. And the context makes it clear that it's the same guy all three times. And yet, Paul never uses his name. He simply calls him a brother, the brother, our brother. Now, as you read some Bible commentaries, and I've checked a few on this, some of them make educated guesses on who this is talking about. The most common educated guess is that this is talking about Luke. But the fact is, those are only guesses. Even the commentators say, we're not sure, but this could be Luke. But those are only guesses because Paul never uses his name in 2 Corinthians. There's a common church joke that if you can't remember somebody's name, you just call him brother. And uh, if you're in a conference somewhere and somebody walks up and says, hey, and you know, it's, you're like, it's like he's seen an old friend. And then he says, good to see you, brother. And uh, so it always makes me wonder when somebody calls me brother in that context, oh, well, well, Maybe, maybe, he doesn't, maybe he doesn't know my name. Maybe he doesn't remember my name, which is fine. I remember when uh, the first time we had Pastor Doug Fisher come preach for us, and he was flying into uh, Westchester Airport, and me and Joey went down to get him. Joey was about, I'm going to guess, 11 years old at the time. And uh, we went down to, to, to pick up Brother Fisher. And um, we were both scared to death. I don't think I'd ever had a personal one-on-one conversation with, with uh, Brother Fisher, and now I'm about to be sitting in a car with him for 45 minutes. And, and uh, Joey was, uh, well, I think he was probably at least as nervous as I was. So we're standing there at Westchester Airport. We're waiting, and, and all of a sudden, Brother Fisher comes around the corner, and uh, he's pulling his, his carry-on on wheels, and he said hello. And uh, we, we're, we're walking towards the baggage claim, and Brother Fisher says to, to Joey, he said, hey, brother, would you uh, hold my carry-on while I run in the men's room? And, and uh, Brother Fisher disappeared, and Joey's there holding the carry-on, looks up at me, goes, I'm a brother. And, uh, yeah, what's funny about that, that was the first time that they officially met in my memory. And uh, now, if Joey and Brother Fisher get together, I'm sort of off to the side doing my own thing while they're having this in-depth discussion. They're, they're uh, good, good friends now. But anyway, brother. Now, if I just met you and you call me brother, I, uh, I guess that's, you know, or, or if I don't know you well, I haven't seen you in a long time, and, and I sense that you're calling me brother because you can't remember my name, I'm not going to be insulted. But this is a part of Paul's team. 
This man, whoever he is, is a part of Paul's ministry team. And when he writes to the church at Corinth to refer to this guy, I mean, this is somebody who had enough loyalty to Paul that when Paul said, go to Corinth, this guy went. And Paul doesn't even have the decency to say, I sent Titus and Bob. He just says, I sent Titus and a brother. I sent Titus and our brother. I sent Titus and the brother. Three times he refers to him as the brother. And that instantly triggers our curiosity. Paul, why can't you use the guy's name? Did you forget his name? Do you not know his name? Is Paul trying to show the guy some disrespect for some reason? Is there some reason that Paul has to, on purpose, not use his name? Now, that's our human reaction. What's Paul doing? What's his problem? But it's always a good idea in a misunderstanding. And this is what this is. As we read this, it's not a misunderstanding. It's just a lack of understanding. But let's just for a second label it a misunderstanding. It's always a good idea and a misunderstanding. Instead of taking the position of accusing the leader, to take the position of reacting properly. If you react properly, you'll find out later why Paul had to do that. So, the proper reaction here is not to say, What's the matter with you, Paul? You couldn't use this man's name. He's a part of your team. He's going where you send him. He's a faithful man doing what you asked him to do. And you can't give him the decent recognition of using his name. That's not the right reaction. The right reaction is to ask this question. Which is more important? Being recognized by name? Or proving my character. Which is more important? Being recognized by name. Or having the opportunity. To serve God. I know we're not contemporaries of Paul. But I ask you. If you were given the opportunity. Knowing everything you know about Paul. And how he influenced the world. If you were giving, given the opportunity to be a part of Paul's ministry team, would you take that opportunity on the condition that you remain anonymous? Now think that through, but I'd like to think I'd take that opportunity. Nobody would ever know who I am. Nobody would, I would never get the human recognition that you would, well, that Timothy got, that Silas got, that Titus got. And that's the other thing. Paul didn't even say, yeah, I sent you a bunch of guys. He said, I sent you Titus and a brother. Well, is Titus better than me? So I want to ask the question, not Paul, what's what's the deal? You can't use my name. Instead of asking that question, 
Which is more important, being recognized by name or having the honor of being used by God? I want to show you some things from the Bible quickly and very quickly. They're going to go very quickly. But keep your Bible open right there to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And let's notice some things about this guy. I want you to notice, first of all, that this brother made a difference wherever he went. Verse 18, we have sent with him, that's Titus, the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. So, everybody in every church that met this guy gave glory to God or wound up glorifying God. Now, whether they did it by name, whether they knew that it was because of his influence or not, everywhere this guy went, people wound up giving praise to God. So this brother made a difference wherever he went. What's more important to you? Making a difference or getting the credit for it? Second thing about this guy. This brother was willing to be a servant to godly leaders. Verse 18, we have sent with him the brother. A reminder there, the him is Titus. So this unnamed brother, his role was to go with Titus. Do you know this morning while Brother Savini was was, uh, laying on us the burden and the call that God has given him to go to Cape Cod and start a church, let me just say, being a church planner, especially in this environment right now where church planning, I'm, I'm sorry to say it this way, but it's, it's just sort of, it's sort of in. And I'm not for a second implying that the, the Brother Savini's doing it for this reason, but, but it just happens that right now it's, it's the hoorah thing to do. But did you know there was another man with Brother Savini this morning, who is actually the reason that we even know Brother Savini because he's a close friend of of Brother Zach's. And he was downstairs preaching junior church while we were having church. And his call, you know what his call is? His call is to be a brother. Now, I don't mean the fact that he's a brother-in-law. I mean, his call is not to go and be the name that everybody associates with Cape Cod. It's to help the man who's going to be known for reaching Cape Cod. And let's suppose they go there and they're wildly successful. He's always going to be in the shadows. That's a call in itself. Somebody who is willing to be in the shadow. And let me tell you, many a man has gotten out of the will of God because he wasn't strong enough to be a brother. The brother was willing to be a servant to godly leaders. Not only that, this brother went where he was sent by God's man. Verse 22, we have sent our brother. Paul said, hey, you guys, uh, Titus and, and brother, <laughs> go to, brother, go to, 
go to Corinth, brother. And brother said, yes, sir. He was willing to go where he was sent by God's man. This brother proved himself diligent again and again. Verse 22. We have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things. I say to you again, what's more important? To get the recognition, to get the name, or to have the opportunity to prove yourself diligent in the Lord's work? Let me turn this around for just a second. The pastor of, of any church is going to do something for the Lord. His name is going to be better known than the names of the people of the church. So one of my biggest jobs is to die to that. One of my most important responsibilities is to make sure that when, if, if I do get the glory for something, oh, look what Brother Vasek has done over there in Danbury, to, number one, make sure God gets the glory, and number two, make sure people know this is, we're a team. These people that stand with me, we work together. Somebody's name has got to be on the stationery. Somebody's name has got to be on the sign and on the website. But we're a team. It's the team that is used of God to make things happen. And I've got to die to the importance of the spotlight. The brother proved himself diligent again and again. You know, Proverbs says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. The man who is willing to just be, hey, brother, hey, sister, don't even know your name, but you're faithfully serving the Lord. This brother, his diligence could be seen in the lives of those that he influenced. Now, read this carefully to understand this point. This brother's diligence could be seen in the lives of those he influenced. So in other words, he influenced somebody else and people would look at the somebody else and see the diligence of the brother. Look at verse 22. Now, much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. Let's, let's read the whole verse there. We have sent with them our brother, whom we have oft times proved diligent. So he's already been proven diligent, but now he's been proven much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. What's he saying? Since I sent brother, brother down there, There's been such a change in you that that proves to me even more how diligent brother, brother is. This brother's diligence could be seen in the lives of those he influenced. What, what What a great mind and heart this man had, whoever he was. That he was content. He was more content for his service to be reflected in the lives of the people he influenced than that his name be 
known. Number six, I told you to go fast. This brother was a faithful messenger. Verse 23, they are, speaking of the whole group and the brother is included, they are the messengers of the churches. Now, to be an official messenger, you've got to be counted faithful. And I don't know of anything in the world that I want to be more than I want to be counted faithful, reliable for the glory of Jesus Christ. Last of all, this brother is called the glory of Christ. Verse 23, not only are they the messenger of, messengers of the churches, they are the glory of Christ. Who? Well, we don't know. We just know that he's a brother. He's a brother. Listen, recognition is overrated. Accolades are overrated. Applause is overrated. I'm going to close with a story that is one of the most well-known sermon illustrations in this topic, but it fits so perfectly here that I can't not use it. So you've probably heard this before, but it's, it's worth hearing again. It was the Ice Bowl football game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. The, and if you ever, I mean, just crazy game. You need to look up the Ice Bowl sometime just to see how insane it was. But it came down to a final drive where Green Bay and, of course, the legendary coach of the Green Bay Packers, Vince Lombardi, it was his team. And it came down to a play where Green Bay had to score. It was do or die. They score, they win. They don't score, they lose. And so Coach Lombardi called a quarterback sneak. The quarterback sneak, the way they had it set up, the burden was on the player who is not usually – the superstar player, you know who the stars are in football, the quarterbacks, the receivers, the running backs, but not this play. On this play, the burden was on the center. The center is a big oaf that when the quarterback says, hike, he hikes the ball and then blocks. You almost never know the name of the center. He's a, an important player, but he is never the star of the team. But this play totally rested upon the shoulders, literally, of the center. His name was Jerry Kramer. And so they ran the quarterback sneak. Jerry Kramer hiked the ball, and then he blew a hole in the defense that they say, pardon me, but your grandmother could have walked through. And Bart Starr takes the ball and goes through that hole to score the winning touchdown, and the Green Bay Packers have won the ice bowl. Well, Jerry Kramer is buried on the bottom of the pile. And you know how it is when you do something and you know it's great, you think everybody knows it's great. But when he gets up from the bottom of the pile, he instantly realizes 
They're not cheering for him. They're cheering for Bart Starr. Bart Starr took the ball and ran through a hole. And yet the whole crowd is cheering, calling out the name of Bart Starr. And even though he's glad that the play succeeded, and he wrote this in his own book, he said, for just a split second, I thought, you got to be kidding me. I just won the game, and they're cheering for him. Until he looked over at the sideline, and the most legendary football coach of all time, pro football coach of all time, is on the sideline. And he made eye contact uh, contact with Jerry Kramer, gave him the thumbs up. See, while the whole crowd didn't see who really made that happen, the coach did. Let me tell you something, brother, sister. On earth's scoreboards, the pastor's name might be on the top. But God knows who scored the touchdown. God knows who made the play happen. God knows that it wasn't the guy whose name is on the tract that brought the victory. It's the brothers and the sisters who were faithful to the Lord, who were diligent who are willing to be servants, who who go where they are sent, who make a difference wherever they go. It is they, the brother, the sister, that God says, well done. Are you willing tonight to forego the name recognition in order to be used of God like this unnamed brother was used of God in the city of Corinth for God's glory. Father, I pray that you...